0: Welcome back everyone. Thank you for joining me once again and yeah, just just thanks for being here for another episode. I hope that you are having a fabulous day night whenever and wherever you are listening to this. I hope your writing is going amazing um yeah and you're you're keeping ahead of all your writing goals. I have another fabulous author uh, joining us today which I cannot wait. To share this episode with you and yeah I don't think I have anything else to update you with other than make sure that you are if you want to get more involved and learn more about the authors that we're coming up and submit questions make sure that you join our Facebook group Writer's Advice Podcast and I will um I'll put all those details in the show notes if you do love this episode if you are enjoying this podcast it would mean the world to me if you could give it um a review click the little star button on wherever you are listening to this but yeah I think that's all I've got to say um I'm let's just let's just get into this let's uh dive into another episode of the writer's advice podcast writer's advice is a point of connection a dose of inspiration and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books I'm your host Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice podcast, everyone. I'm so excited because I have rom-com author Genevieve Novak with us today. So thank you so much for joining us, Genevieve.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Now, I am so excited to hear all about how your books came to life and the journey of them. But when was the first moment that you realized that you were a writer?
1: Uh, I've been writing for a really long time like back in my my teens writing you know really embarrassing fan fiction that I've scrubbed from the internet so um, that has been going on for a very long time but I think I kind of went okay this is how I identify this is like a defining part of me when I um, I went off to uni for creative writing and yeah settled into um, yeah this faction of my life and found that I really liked it and that it was a really comfortable place so a good oh my gosh (laughs) it's been 14 years since I was at uni and that makes me feel a million years old
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I love that I want to dive in it's firstly I just want to say it's really interesting because I think so many authors at the start actually start with fan fiction like it's crazy the amount of people that I speak to that start on this and everyone's so embarrassed by it. but I think it's like a yeah. great start to like explore yourself and you know explore a different world and and put your own spin on it. but you've obviously yeah. back backed yourself from the start to go into study creative writing because it's you know it's something a little bit different that isn't always. Seen as as the thing to do. So you finish your creative writing degree, and then what what kind of went from there?
1: Uh, from there, I got a job as an advertising copywriter, and so I stopped writing creatively because you just burn out on that kind of work when you're paid to be creative, um, but not really creative. You know, you're creative within very rigid rules, and it's not very exciting to yeah come up with taglines for, you know, hardware store products and things. So I got quite burnt out and used all of my kind of creative energy on that for a really long time. And maybe I dabbled back in and wrote some essays and and short fiction here and there, but didn't really strive to get published or to do anything with it. And um, the only time I, I kind of really dove into it seriously again was when I turned Maybe I was 28 and a half or so, and there was I was looking down the barrel of 30 and went, oh, I'm starting to resent authors that are being successful at my age, but I don't have anything to back that up. You know, it's not, it's not Sally Rooney's fault that she's a superstar and so successful. I can't complain when I haven't done anything. I haven't tried to write a book. So um yeah, terrified of turning 30, I went, fine time to sit down and and nail this out and then luckily COVID hit and I had nothing to do for 18 months while I smashed through it.
0: Yeah that's to be honest like COVID's kind of I feel like been a godsend for a lot of people's creativity when you've had time to really dive into that so is that how No Hard Feelings came about?
1: Yeah, so I'd carried someone like Penny, uh, my protagonist of No Hard Feelings, for a really long time. And I think for as long as I'd been telling myself that I would write a novel, um, she was always going to be someone like Penny. So when I sat down to write something, it only made sense that she would be that vehicle. Um, And yeah, the having a lockdown project and my 30th birthday as a deadline was, yeah, really motivating. And I got it done. Uh, I wanted to get it finished by the end of 2020 which was um obviously peak covid times and i got that done with a couple of days to spare and then i wanted it submitted to agents and kind of off my desk by my 30th which was in june and i did that with a couple of weeks to spare as well so right under the wire and just hit all the goals that i wanted to
0: that's amazing you've just like gone out set a plan and so penny was in your mind for a long time before you started writing or you can't you stayed with the character driven
1: yeah, I uh, I probably, you know, you don't really know your characters until you start writing them, or at least that's my experience with them. You can kind of write character fact sheets or like do BuzzFeed quizzes as them to try and get to know them. But I don't understand them until I am in their world and I'm writing dialogue with them and kind of feeling out their energy that way. So even though I, yeah, I knew it was always going to be Penny, I didn't know her as well as I thought that I did until I got into it and started writing really seriously.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So, with this, I have so many questions. Did like, did because you, you're a character driven person? Did you have much? Of, what's your planning process like? Did you have much of a plot behind it? And did you always know that you wanted to write in the rom com genre?
1: Uh, so I always wanted to write rom coms. They're my favorite to read. You know, I I read everything, but my you know finish work and you're just exhausted and you hop into bed with a rom com is my all time favorite thing. So I've always wanted to write in that genre, and I think my voice kind of lends to it because I I don't have a very serious literary fiction kind of voice. I think that rom coms are the natural fit for the way that I speak and the way that I write. So it was always going to be a rom com, um, and I have lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, how how I came to to plot uh to plot it. So, um as much as I loved my creative writing degree and it was helpful as a strengthening tool and networking and kind of teaching me how to write, it didn't teach me a whole lot about plotting and I had no idea what I was doing and that's kind of why I think most people have the first 3 chapters of a novel sitting in their Google Drive somewhere that they just don't know what to do with after they hit that point where something has to happen but you don't know what or how to make it happen so I went and found just like an excel template of like beats to hit in a story structure I think it was a um I think it was a template for Pride and Prejudice and it was just like uh you know Lizzie meets Mr Wickham, and so character meets another character who's going to drive the plot forward that kind of thing and so I mapped it out um kind of beat by beat exactly as the spreadsheet told me to and then as I got to writing it I went oh Penny is probably more likely to do something like this at this juncture so I could change it that little bit the more I got to know the characters and the more I got to know the shape of the story so um it was yeah a very I go into it with a lot of structure and then deviate from the structure the more comfortable I get in the world.
0: Yeah I love that I love that because I I know a lot of people who are just planners or just mm. paces but if you have that kind of guide and then your characters are taking you on a journey where you're working with both of them mm. at once uh, that's a great way when you, particularly when you're working with your own deadlines and things like that so yeah
1: i mean i i always go into it with a with a strict plan and then yeah deviate once i get into it because it's just yeah like i say you get to know the universe a little bit better or um with my my second novel crushing had a very strict rigid plan to it and the more I got to know Marnie, my my next protagonist, the more it was like, she's not gonna talk like this. She's not gonna make decisions like this. This story doesn't work for this character. And I had to really change things to make it to make it suit because I was now in love with this protagonist and couldn't bear the thought of changing her to suit the story instead of the other way around.
0: Yeah, I love this. How did like how do these characters come to you? Where do you draw your inspiration from just
1: oh i mean i consume all media all the time so i'm constantly i'm in the middle of six shows at once and my i've got my laptop currently stacked up on my to be read list which is <laughs> eight books tall and so i'm constantly um just consuming new characters and and falling in love with them and with new writers but i also almost all of my friends are women and they're all so interesting and layered and fantastic and smart and it's so disappointing in so much media that women are just one type of woman and they're just they have one goal and that whether that's their career or their family or, you know, they have one thing that they're set on and they have one personality and and that's it. You know, it's the um, it's the Bechdel test. All over again in in everything that we we watch and read, so I will you know, get little snippets of of characters and like, oh, I like her vibe in this show kind of thing. um, but more and more once I get into writing them, it's very much like this character feels like my friend Rachel if she met with Alexis from Schitt's Creek or something like that, you know, and you and then the further into it you get, the less you know now doesn't resemble uh, rachel at all and it's someone new entirely but taking kind of inspiration from the vibes and um personalities of women that i know or just characters that i love will open up new doors as you get into experimenting with them
0: yeah wow that's a really great way to explain how you put your your characters together i absolutely love that and that's like making them full like 5d you know like making them so relatable for the reader as well so you put your goals together you hit them by 30 and then it was like okay let's find an agent let's find a publisher because you're now with harper collins is that correct Yeah. yeah yeah so what was the process of that
1: uh, so all you ever hear is how hard it is to get published <laughs> and in Australia, especially because it's such a small pool. Um, you, yeah, all you ever hear is how hard it is and you've got this tiny slim chance and you're a hundred percent just going to go into the slush pile. And maybe if you're lucky, some intern will have a, you know, it'll be raining at lunchtime. So they won't want to go out. So they'll pick up your manuscript and fall in love with it, but probably not. <laughs> um, so you just, you know, you're so defeated by the idea of it going in that you're just kind of yes it's a dream to get published but it kind of beats it out of you the uh the kind of internet folklore about how hard it is so um with that in mind I knew that okay I have one shot to get my manuscript read at all uh so it has to be absolutely perfect and a lot of publishers won't accept resubmissions of existing work even if you rework it considerably it's just no we didn't like the first five so we're not interested so um I wrote a lot of it with input from my writing group. So it had kind of been workshopped uh, that way, which was so, so helpful. Um, And some of them suggested going to a manuscript assessor before I started submitting places. And I didn't know that existed at all, but made sense. Once you you start looking into it, they're freelance editors, basically. And so I did. And I went with an assessor named Nadine Davidoff, who's absolutely wonderful. And if anyone is looking for an editor, 10 out of 10, loved that experience. Yeah. Um, she gave me some suggestions to work through my manuscript and how to get it to where it needed to be. And then she very, very generously suggested a handful of agents that she thought would be receptive to a character like Penny. Um, and I don't know if that is a standard procedure or if she was just in a really good mood that day, but um, I'm very grateful for that, obviously. And I emailed off the first three chapters or 10,000 words to I think six different agents and heard back from four of them I think and we had three three that were interested and I ended up picking Jane Novak no relation um whose vibe I just liked the most you know she felt like a big sister and she felt kind of warm and generous in a way that I I understand how much I as an author need to be babied and she indulges that for me constantly so um I just liked her her vibe most of of all the people that I spoke to so um signed with her she had some suggestions for the manuscript made those tweaks and then we sent it off to four different publishers and got offers from three of them so it was a very charmed and suspiciously easy process and I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop on it.
0: No, don't say that. That's amazing. It's like meant to be. You made a plan and you made it happen.
1: I I absolutely love that. Yeah. And it was, they... it was a really fast process and yeah. it was yeah, so like suspiciously easy. And yeah, we submitted in I submitted to agents in June and it was on shelves by the following March. So 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 fast.
0: Wow, that's a that's a quick turnaround for the publisher as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So did they, and did they sign you for a two book, book deal or more?
1: Yeah, they did. They they did for two. And um, I certainly, I was just so excited to impress publishers and I'd, you know, do anything to, yes, you want to give me a book deal? Absolutely. I'll, whatever you want. You can have, my my dog is my life. Have him. I don't, I don't care. Just give me a book deal. <laughs> um, and they asked how quickly I could write a second. And I said like, oh, I don't know, like six months, which was the dumbest thing I've ever thought in my life. <laughs> um but they said okay sure and yeah they wanted my second book which ended up being crushing by uh July 2022 which um I managed to hit but I had several breakdowns along the way because I continued to work full-time and picked up a couple of freelance gigs along the way and I Ooh. barely left the house for months at a time a lot of crying don't don't give yourself unrealistic deadlines. Is the only advice I can give <laughs> yeah. to anyone writing, or at least do it in a pandemic when you have every excuse not to leave the house.
0: I was going to say after that. That's exactly when because you're in Melbourne, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you've gone through the longest lockdown. Then, it, it, oh, you know, you yeah. said yeah, I can get that in six months. So you've given yourself an extra long <laughs> lockdown to get it done. Mm-hmm. That whole time. But did you have that story idea in your head before? Were you kind of tampering with other ideas?
1: yeah, I mean that I knew that something like this was was what I had aimed to do, and i you know I had had the idea kind of bouncing around, but um I have some gnarly a d h d and I knew that if I started floating with money before I was done with Penny, then Penny would never get finished. So I yeah. really just refused to allow myself to even daydream about a new character. So I came to it pretty, pretty fresh. And um I did the same now I've started working on my on my third book. And while I was, you know, so sick of book two of, of crushing and just sick of these characters and their problems and everything about it, I wanted so much to dive into my third book and just refused to allow it because yeah, I will procrastinate until the very last minute for anything and I, I can't allow myself the uh the headspace.
0: It's real I find it really interesting though. I he- I hear a lot of authors say that where you know the other character starts to come through when you're when you're really deep in another another project that you just like have to sit down and get it done before those other de- ideas are are brought to life. So um, I know I really want to get in and listen to a little bit um, of No Hard Feelings, but pro- uh, before you've got Crushing coming out very soon. Do you want to give us a little bit of a synopsis of what to expect there?
1: Yeah, so uh, Crushing is about Marnie, who gets dumped on her 28th birthday by her fifth boyfriend in 10 years, and she realises that she's never been single, and she's kept trying and trying at these relationships, but keeps failing. So as a serial monogamist in uh, reform, she decides to take a year off dating, and wouldn't you know it, meets someone pretty quickly and that devolves into plenty of plenty of mess and chaos and self-destructive patterns. But um, you know, it's a lot of fun and it's a little bit sexy and it's it's great. I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it.
0: Oh, I'm excited for this too. And when is the when is the official that's April? The official
1: April launch date? 5th is yep. the current launch date. Sometimes it wiggles a little bit as you get closer, but April 5th it will definitely be on shelves or at least in the mail to people by then.
0: Yeah. And people can pre-order it now.
1: Yes, please do that. That would awesome. be very nice. Yes, do it. Pre-order.
0: Pre-order and support your authors. But No mm-hmm. Hard Feelings, if people have not seen this or got their hands on it yet, can you give us... I am obsessed with your covers too, by the way. They oh, are gorgeous. gorgeous. Love this. gorgeous.
1: This was their first attempt at a cover. They just kind of threw this out and went, what do you think? And just, yep, yeah, sold. Perfect. Yeah. It's... <laughs> the No Hard Feelings cover is is great I would turn my laptop around and show you I've got a um about five foot tall poster that's framed and hanging on my wall oh, that, I, that I Christmas last year um but my apartment is a war zone so <laughs> I want <That's> to <laughs> <laughs> No. um so no hard feelings my kind of elevator pitch for it now nearly a year on is that it's a rom-com about a woman having an office breakdown so um God, I love Penny. She is the hottest hot mess, and um, I have so so much affection for her, but she doesn't make it easy for herself or for anyone.
0: <laughs> how did you find that to write how we, like how did you find that to write <laughs> in those really tricky situations
1: um I mean she's she's so much fun, and I don't know that I realized how self destructive she was until it was finished. I was yeah. kind of you know you get in lost in a character and you kind of become her a little bit or you don't know how much of yourself you're pouring into something especially for your your debut mm. there is you know I was the person I was as I wrote this was closer to penny than I would like to admit now as a person a couple of years on um but you know she was she was a joy to write a lot of the time but there were you know panic attack scenes that I when you're writing in that kind of detail and getting into that headspace and remembering okay what is it like to have a panic attack it certainly triggered those feelings in me again. So not always a lot of fun to write, but certainly her growth and improvement was so, so satisfying. And I really was really proud of the happy ending that she earned for herself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want
1: to hear a little expert of it. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. All right. Um, I'll apologize now also. My dog doesn't love my reading voice. So if you hear some barking, that's... (laughs) I love that. High maintenance animal. <laughs> right. uh, chapter one. I've just left the 42,613th birth- bad date of my life, and I know that this is a bad idea. You around? I ask into the phone before he's even said hello. I'm just glad he picked up. Do you fancy a visit from the best, funniest, coolest girl in the world? Why? I can hear him smiling. Do you know her? That's enough, I say, passing the train turnstiles at North Richmond Station and turning in the direction of his street. I'm just around the corner. Meet downstairs says in a bit, he says, and hangs up. There, this will make everything better. I'm ignoring about a dozen messages in the group chat. If I open them, I'll have to tell my friends how the guy was four inches shorter than he claimed to be, made two hours feel like 12 by talking nonstop about cryptocurrency, and texted me before I'd even made it to Flinders Street, saying, hi, Penny, wanted to let you know that I won't be pursuing this any further. Take care. Then one of them will offer to come over and commiserate, and I'll have to explain where I am, and then I'll be in trouble." Ugh, babe, Annie will say, exasperated, like she has all the answers. We need to stop this cycle of self-abuse. Have you tried Hinge? (laughs) Where is your self-respect? Beck would ask, stern as a high school math teacher. When are you going to find someone nice and sensible, like Evan? And I'll roll my eyes so hard I'll give myself a hernia. I exist on validation from emotionally unavailable men, biscuits and cheap wine, I'll tell them. And it's easier to get off with Max than a tiny teddy. Some self-sabotaging part of me wants to be disappointed by every new match, polite coffee date, wine-soaked disaster. I'm holding out for Max. Not that he's interested in being my boyfriend, mind you. He's very clear about that. This is fun, Penny, he says all the time. We're so good at being friends. But what else do you call it when you see each other for pizza, sex and Netflix every week? He texts me almost every day. And anyway, we agreed to keep things casual, so it's fine. It's really fine. He wouldn't come as my date to my brother's wedding in October. People would assume we're together, he said when I asked him. I don't want you to have to explain that all night, babe. So I had to take Annie, and I accidentally got champagne drunk and cried in the toilets. She found me and gave me the telling off that I needed. After an emergency coffee and a makeup wipe, I pinky promised her that I'd get my shit together. I would stop crying, stop waiting for Max to remember how much he cares about me, and find someone to hold my hand in public. I would start doing Pilates, drink more water, and keep my houseplants alive. I would also find a way to make my boss like me, or at least stop begging for her approval like a nervous little whippet. That was three months ago, and I've been trying really hard. Honest, I've only killed one measly succulent, but I swear it was suicidal when I got it. Maybe it's the apparel Spritz giving me permission to be a drama queen, but I just can't bear the thought of going home and opening Tinder again. I don't want to dissect the entire entire date to the group chat through a chorus of, the next one will be better. I don't want to lay out my clothes for work and obsess about what stupid mistake I'll make at the office tomorrow to warrant one of Margot's scathing looks. I've just spent $44 on cocktails to get me through an excruciatingly one-sided conversation with the world's least interesting man. I want to end my night on a high, and seeing Max usually does the trick. I don't care how I'll, be, how I'll feel about myself later. It's like swapping cigarettes for a vape pen. I still get the nicotine hit, the chance the whole thing will blow up in my face. All right.
0: I absolutely love your writing. It is literally just so you you just bring so much realness to it where I'm like any literally Australian girl in their twenties or thirties dating needs needs to read this book and now crushing, and I'm yeah. sure the third one is like right up the same alley when that, when that one comes out. somewhere as well. there
1: the number of 20-something girls who have DM'd me on Instagram to ask if I based Max on specifically their ex-boyfriend is (laughs) truly off the charts. And it's nice or devastating that we have all dated the same shitty man that has informed a book like this. I
0: absolutely love that. (laughs) Hopefully you've given some, like, some, like, solid world round, like, closure in a way that I guess you've given some people as well.
1: (laughs) It's, you know hopefully that others learn from Penny's mistakes before they stay in that relationship over and over again and yeah. you know dated the same guy times the way that some of us definitely have absolutely and if anyone's listening right now and feeling like this,
0: grab yourself this
1: book <laughs> we gotta get out of it we gotta we gotta make better choices yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you can't well then just write books about it and make a ton of money off your bad choices instead
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's the best way to do it oh my god I love this so much um seriously I am obsessed with your writing and I you've given so much great advice in this episode but if there was anyone like working on their manuscript right now maybe they're you know having that moment like you said you did We like wow I've really got to like knuckle down and and do mm-hmm. this what what
1: advice would you um pass on to them? Up and coming. I mean, I'm sure it's it's the same advice that 90% of your authors um, give, but it's to get your work in front of as many people as possible. And, you know, yeah. I love sharing my writing with my friends, but they're not necessarily the best audience because they're just lovely and supportive and they just love it, babe, send more soon. <laughs> um, which is lovely and important to get. You definitely need that support, but it's so helpful to get a wide range of feedback that isn't necessarily super fluffy and positive. Mm. So, I, uh, for No Hard Feelings, I joined a writing group uh, that was largely made up of like sci-fi and hard fantasy and like literary fiction authors who um, were all, you know, super lovely people. But every time I'd submit a chapter or something, it was always kind of prefaced with, I don't usually like this kind of thing, but I'm going to watch this chapter. So they could come at it with um, a little bit more of a critical edge or, you know, with kind of more helpful comments that kind of balanced out the writing and weren't just blindly supportive because you do learn from kind of not necessarily criticism, but constructive criticism. So getting your work in front of all kinds of different people is so, so helpful because um, when you inevitably sell your manuscript and it lands on shelves, it's not just going to be just your audience who picks up the book and Um, you want to be able to write something that appeals to all kinds of people, even if it is a genre piece. So that was my, is my number one piece of advice. Get it in front of as many eyes as possible. Um, And then the other cliche advice is to just push through when you feel like it's terrible and it's the worst thing that anyone's ever written and it's mortifying and you had, you were just so misguided in even trying to write in the first place, just keep pushing through because editing is so much easier than writing in the first place and there is something good underneath it you just have to dig through all the crap before you get there
0: yeah yeah you you just said something really good then about editing so for what is your process um when it comes to drafting are you kind of just like get the draft out and then edit what's kind of your your work there
1: so i um what I stalled with no hard feelings and probably what kept me from finishing it at, you know, 25 instead of 30 was that I needed every draft to be absolutely perfect. So I'd write one chapter and then edit it to within an inch of its life. And then I'd move on to chapter two. And that, you know, makes for a cleaner edit. You know, you don't have to change as many things along the way because you've made the last piece of the puzzle fit so firmly. Um, But it is a very slow process. And when you're working under a deadline, you don't really have that luxury, or if you're just really good at procrastinating like I am, then yeah, you'll never, you'll never get through it. So um for crushing, I just pushed through and let it be as terrible as it was going to be, and then went back and and rewrote things um a million, million times. And was I think the last draft that I submitted to the editor before we went to print had something like 1581 track changes on it. So it's never done. um, But you just getting it done in the first place, it's so much easier to to rewrite something good than to write something in the first place. So pushing through is, yeah, the most important thing. Just live with it being awful and fix it later.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love that advice and I love absolutely everything that you have shared with us, Genevieve. I am so excited for um Crushing as well. I'm really excited for this and I can't wait to see it everywhere. So, Thank you so much you, for joining yeah. us and I'm hope I hope book 3 is going really really well as well.
1: We'll see. We'll get there. No, thank you so <laughs> Not much for pressure having. Or anything.
0: We're just still <laughs> hanging for. <it.
1: laughs> okay. My my breakdown is pending, but it'll be you
0: know, You've got this. You <laughs> get through it. thank, oh, you, so thank much. you so much Genevieve. All right.